Attack life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. Recently, we were talking about your philosophy. It's a very simple philosophy. All your concepts are. They're hard to achieve, but they make a lot of sense. And therefore, that's why we're appreciative of you coming on our show on a regular basis. But you were talking about, you know, arguing with your son. It used to happen because you had different views and different things. And now you got to the point where you just say, okay, no problem. I love that. Yep. It's that simple. I mean, it's not it, it simple. Real, it really is. But it's hard because we've been conditioned and we continue to be conditioned by the world, by society, that we're supposed to take everything personally in the English language. Two ugly words, they begin with P, personally and popular. We take things personally and we're striving to be liked. We're striving to be popular. And we've talked about that, Tim. We had uh, Patrick Shea on and he had his whole epiphany about Facebook a couple weeks ago. He was tired of being fake. He was being fake because he was trying to be popular. He was trying to be liked. We have to stop taking things personally. Right. But see, that, see what you just said is the key. And unfortunately, it is very hard to achieve, honestly. Mm-hmm. The words are easy to say, but it's extremely difficult. And what you find is there is a tremendous insecurity among people. People really don't know what they need to do. They don't really know how to react. All they know is what they, they, they hear and what they watch on Facebook and Twitter and all this other stuff. Like you said, you have to be popular. You have to be with the in crowd. And ultimately, I will tell you this. At 82 years old, I've come to the conclusion that you'll pardon me, though. No one really gives a about you or what you're doing. The only person that does is you. And you are your own worst enemy because of the insecurity and feeling inadequate and feeling that you have to conform and that you have to compare yourself. It's all a bunch of nonsense. At 82 years old, you finally realize that the best thing in life are the simple things. Good food, good drink, good friends, good wife, good children. And just be in the world because, again, no one really gives about you or what you're about. They're only concerned about what they have. And unfortunately, because of that insecurity, that inadequacy, that need to, to, to compare yourself to what others have and what you don't have, it really is very destructive. Yeah. Yeah. You're building your confidence. Your whole view of life on what other people think. And and that's really a shame when if they don't have their act together. Well, then you don't have a chance of having your act together. And, and I think I think that's what you and especially Tim have done. You have created a world of confidence in young people through martial arts. You have given them the tools that they need to be independent, to be confident in their decisions and their choices. I think that's probably the most wonderful thing that someone can do for another human being. You know, the, the truth of the matter is that a lot of people that, you know, train in the martial arts are, are looking for a startup 
in the confidence and low self-esteem. And I can talk honestly about it because it was me. And I still struggle from um, a lack of that at times. What happens is everybody does, especially when they're taken out of their own comfort zone. You know, you can be as confident as you want in your particular profession, especially when you know it well and you run everything. But take that person and put them in a different jungle, and it's it's, it's a different thing. The confidence has to be able to grow within each uncomfortable situation that you're in. I think that's one of the mottos that, you know, the seals that I go by every day is learn how to get comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And once you do that, you realize that, like you said in the last episode, you are alone. And to be alone means you try to be the strongest oak tree that you can possibly be. But there's certain, there's yeah. certain, there's, there's a certain thing that you find an individual, female or male, doesn't matter. You know, they walk in, they've got a different energy. And it's not that they're trying to act cocky. It's not that they're trying to act different. You can just tell in their, their physical structure, uh, their eyesight, their look, their eye contact, their demeanor. It's not life-threatening. They just have a different form about the, the medicine they're taking. They, they have a different look, a different will. Um, I, don't, I yeah. just think that when you find that, and when you feel that, it doesn't make you better than anybody else. It's not that no. you're trying to be no. better than anybody else. But you finally get to a point and you say, you know, the, the number one drive in my life, obviously, is my purpose and my family and my friendship. But to find this purpose took a lifetime. And that is that martial arts school. And when you find That's a it. purpose, you, you tend not right. to care about all the other stuff because nothing else, nothing else well, matters. I, right. I, in that but regard, there is you know. There is there is something you just triggered something in my brain, and that is this. There is an emotion that all of us have, and that is probably the hardest thing to overcome. And I would venture to say that most people never can overcome it. What is and that? You know what that is? What is it? Fear. Fear. You're right. You're absolutely right. Fear. Fear of something, of something. And that fear is why most of us behave the way we behave and do the things that we do or don't do. It is fear. Correct. But let me, let me, give, you, let me give you a different angle on this. And I, and I, I just you know, want to say this. In, in regard to comfort, and, and um, fear and confidence. It's like, it's like a property owner versus somebody who's renting. Well, let's say I'm at a large park and I'm renting a space and this particular space, I have 25, 30 people there. It's rented. I have no right to it other than an hour or two. I get confronted, I look around, I didn't create space. I didn't fortify the place. I don't have everything I need to feel strong. Versus somebody who has a property they've owned for years, they get a certain confidence in what they built and a certain value in the property and the depth and the amount of energy they put in that property. It puts them in a different state of protection, a different state of, I own this place. I think personally, when you start owning your space and stop renting it, little by little, when you start saying, hey, this is who I am. These are my beliefs. I own it. And if you want to cross that line, then here we go. 
But I think the problem with a lot of people is they rent that space. They haven't made that decision in their mind yet, what they own and what they don't own. They're in that gray zone. And so when it comes you to know, fortifying okay. and protection and standing up, they don't own it. They just rent right. it. And there's a huge difference between oh, yeah. the value of my brain oh, yeah. knowing that I own these words. Every word I say right. comes out of my mouth. Yeah. I will back up. Yep. I will not say anything less than the truth. And right. I personally there, you, believe that most people rent their words and rent their space. No, there's no question about what you're saying. And it's very, very true. But I want to tell you something. I don't want you to discount fear. But let me tell you something. The guy that owns this space, the guy that you feel is intact in his head, the guy that you think makes good choices, guess what? If a curveball occurs and something happens that is not part of the normal routine, such as a health issue, then the first thing that jumps in a person's mind is fear. Fear. And to me, I really believe the lifelong struggle is to control fear. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Bernie, I, I agree with you 100%. I had, I had cancer at 36. I had a, a lot of, um, a dozen times when, and I'm not saying I haven't faced to the point where I've fallen to my knees and looked up to God in prayer every time I did. But that's part of my fortification. Part of my fortification is knowing I can't handle it on my own. Part of my fortification is knowing I have a God to pray to. Part of my fortification is when I did break down, I had friends, real friends, who covered me, who covered my butt. When things broke down, I had a place that I wasn't being concerned about, about being chased out of that space. So what I've learned in life, and I have not met everything in my life yet, and I don't know what the future is, but I do know this. Whatever bulldozer comes down that road, I will drop down to my hands and need to pray to God every day like I do to be helped and to help me and to help me get through this. And I know my family and my friends will help me fortify that and pick me up if I need to be picked up. And if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, then bury me. Well, you see, you have found, you have found one of the true secrets of life. In what you just said, you walk with your God, you surround yourself with good friends, you surround yourself with the right combination of things so that if something does happen, at least you have a place, you have things that you can grab onto, which will help you make that transition. And that then is right on the money. Yeah. And Bernie, I don't know. I don't, I am not saying this in a cocky, confident way. I'm just saying too, my life's not over. I don't know how hard I can be twisted like a, like a wet towel. I don't know how much I can take. I know I took some shots, but I do know this. I'm not good enough to forecast the future and say that I can handle anything. I would never say that. All I'm saying is that I've You're got kidding. enough water in the refrigerator for 30 days. Right. I got enough right. food in my basement. I can only go right. so long like any other human. And sooner or later, we all meet suffering. Suffering is an absolute in our lifetime. You know that. Right. And Absolutely. like you said, the journey, the journey starts alone and ends alone. Right. And that and, is life. And, I, and I'll just end with this. I mean, this is just an aside. Uh, it's just maybe the ramblings of an 82-year-old. 
but in my mind, at 82, I just can't imagine not being on this earth. It's really hard to believe. And, I know. And when I, I know. And when I say that to myself, it creates in me the need to be what I've always told you guys, to be a good soul, to help others, to be kind and compassionate and sensitive. And the more I age, the more I know that is a truism. Gentlemen, well, you have shared so many individual profound thoughts on this single episode today. And it just makes me think that uh, it makes sense for us to be attached to the most profound thing there is. And that's ultimately what it all goes back to. It's the truth, the light, and it's a higher power, whatever that higher power is to you. So it ultimately comes down to nothing is trivial. Nothing in life is trivial. It's all profound. So why not be attached to the most profound thing there is? And And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I will tell you this, and and, and you think about it. For those out there who believe in a creator, that which created you will never, ever, ever abandon the creation. You're in good hands. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Steve Mittman social media.com.